This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Podcast series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital. All right. Thank you so much, Sean Flaherty Services, for powering our 8 o'clock news brief, which you do every weekday morning right here on Power 102 Digital. Thank you so much. Check them out. They're on the Eastern Main Road. They're opposite Carrot Brewery. Can't miss them. Right there in Sean Flair. Mm-hmm. 662. 6545, that's a telephone number. Like them on social as well, okay? Anything to do with your vehicle, including fleet management, all right? So thank you so much, Champlain Auto. All right, traffic-wise, I got nothing new to tell you. It's just traffic everywhere. That's a traffic update. All right, so we're back with Dr. Nicole Ramlatchan. We continue our conversation. Um, good morning to you once again, Nikki. Thanks for being with us. I didn't say that there was no testing. I said that there was lower numbers of testing. I sent the correction to them. I apologize. Right. I, 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 as I heard it, I, I sent the correction. I don't know. Make sure. Uh, Remember, and most testing, uh, most of the testing is the antigen-based home testing, right? Yeah. I, I'm not saying that the Ministry of Health is not testing because, you know, I will get a letter in the morning. Watch me. You, you've just witnessed media in action. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, all right. So let's, right, let's continue. Nine minutes after the eight o'clock. You'd be amazed how many times I misquoted. The, I, the other day, I had to send a letter to the Express. Of course, they did nothing. They quoted me in one of my YouTube video series as saying that um, the, the side effects and severe risks of vaccinations are high, and scientists say it's okay. That's what that's what I, my the quote was. When, in fact, what I did say after I presented like five or six slides on the serious side effects that are there for vaccination. And I said the risk is lower than um, than getting a lot of these from natural infection. Um, and that scientists say that the risk, the benefits outweigh the risk. That's what I said. Huh? And they translated that, that I said scientists are okay with the serious adve- adverse effects of the vaccines. Reporting is like uh, broadcasting now. <laughs> I mean, I understand that, huh? but say that she made a mistake now. They were just—they didn't take me on. No, they put that on paper and they went about their business normal. And, and thousands of people see it and run away with it as the truth. Anyway, welcome back and thank you for staying with us. Uh, you, you referenced earlier on in our conversation about the advances, the, the new uh, interventions, medical interventions and advances. Uh, give us a sense of what that looks like, that picture looks well, like. Well, I mean, there have been quite a few that have come out, right? So we've had... Um, some monoclonal antibody treatment um, within the last two years that they've been doing in the hospital. Did you mean to take off your camera? Yeah, I didn't mean to take off my camera. (laughs) Am I back? Right. (laughs) Yeah, there have been a few. Sorry. That's that's the mommy. The mommy genes, they're kicking in. All right. Um, um, Yeah, so there have been quite a few, but you've had to be able to get, you had to get that intravenously in the hospital and usually only really for very severe cases now they have paxlovid and a couple of other antivirals that um, can be given to people being treated at home with a prescription Um, of course this is in the united states and other countries where it's fda approved Um, and um, those have been able to actually reduce the risk of severe disease and death quite substantially uh, especially against the variants and in particular against the ba2 which is the dominant variant in the united states I would imagine that this pandemic has done wonders for virology in general and medical interventions. And molecular biology, actually. It's been it's been fantastic for biotechnology and molecular biology because for years I've been a, a standalone soapbox um, preacher that we need to be able to get the level of, of, um, of expertise here in Trinidad for genetic analysis, for molecular biology, for the ability to be able to de- detect diseases, um, you know, using RT-PCR and PCR. And finally, people see it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally been science in action that have been able to, to save so many lives. I mean, I read something the other day that said the ability to detect the virus and um, vaccinate against the virus has precluded almost probably uh, 85% of potential infections and severe disease and death. So that's fantastic because if we were just had nothing and we had no interventions and we couldn't even figure out who was positive and who was not, um, we would have been in a much, you know, we would have been probably much closer to 50% of the population of the world infected, which is, which is, you know, 
um, high. So I I think it's been fantastic. Um, A lot of people talk about that two-year limit to the pandemic or previous pandemics, for example, Spanish flu and how it lasted from, you know, only two years or whatever it is. And I keep on telling them, you know, it didn't last for two years. You know, people just stopped dying in the millions of, of numbers at the second year. But people continue to die over, you know, many years. Um, from that particular variant and people still die today from that um, particular variant that caused the variant that caused the influenza pandemic of of 1918 so deaths will not stop even when this virus becomes endemic what stops the pandemic is that we get to that point of being able to get those numbers down enough so that it's a it's a it's an acceptable rate now you might say one single death is not acceptable and i might say the same thing but Unfortunately, that's not how epidemiological data works, right? And that's not how real life um, fight works. So even though we have the increase um, in the, in the treatments, which is fantastic, so we could treat people now that, that have disease and allow them to recover faster without severe disease, uh, we also have the vaccines. That is not going to eliminate it down to zero. We're not going to get a point in time um, anywhere soon where there's going to be no deaths in the world. I've seen some trials started on on uh, interventions which are inhaled, the, the vaporized ones, and also mm-hmm. the tablet forms. Do you think that'll make a difference in people taking up the vaccine if, if it's not an inoculation? Well, we don't, we don't have it here in Trinidad. No, but if, if it becomes available uh, for people who may have been resistant in the past? It doesn't prevent infection. It treats it, right? So it treats infection. And again, the rate of which it, it um, prevent it, it it eliminates or decreases your the your, your um, mild symptoms from developing into severe disease is less um, than the vaccination. So it's something like sixty between sixty and seventy percent, whereas a lot of these vaccines are closer to 85 percent, depending on which variant you're you're active against. So you know you know I mean I personally would not want to risk my family, my child, my husband, my parents. Um, who are immunocompromised at different states and different levels for different reasons with with natural infection if I had the choice of a vaccine. And this is, a, this is a, my debate with individuals who say they don't need the 5 to 11 vaccines. And I think a lot of that has been the reluctance. Um, the, the government seems to be getting feedback from the population that they don't they don't want to vaccinate the 5 to 11 years because of the pushback that they got with the 12 to 17 years. We only have less than twenty percent of them vaccinated. You know that group that has been out. To well, one can understand while the the objective in in a perfect situation would be to, to vaccinate them all, given the, the data that they saw with the the twelve to seventeen year olds and the the real lack of uptick in that demographic. One would yeah, uh, they would be less enthusiastic about purchasing vaccines of hard to twelve, less which, inclined, which people yeah. find are more more at an even more vulnerable stage of their lives. One would imagine that would prompt you to take it. But no, people are even more resistant with their younger children. And it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. So let me let me go back to the vaccines that we have mandated. And I always go back to this for people to understand. Mom's rubella measles, the MMR vaccine, the um, the five-valent one that we have with deuterio, pertussis, um, polio, all of that. That the, the number of deaths that we see from those disease were less than one percent, you know, in terms of mortality. Yet we happily and and I would say um, quietly accepted those vaccinations, including but, but the they tell you, you know what they tell you. You know what's the most prevalent thing I hear? Well, what? they took a lot of years to make those, no. and they rushed no, they these. That that is a nonsense you hear. The rotavirus vaccine that is part of our protocol now was a vaccine that was very poorly tested. It took almost three or four years to get it to market. And when it came out, it got very quickly um, destroyed in the in the CDC and um, the American um, medical healthcare system. And they, they eliminated it. They said this virus is no good for us. And they immediately dumped it on the third world. Um, the third world countries in the WHO basically staged a coup and they said, if it's not good enough for your your children, it's not good enough for our children. And they refused it, right? So they had to go back to the drawing board and redo the vaccine. Where is the vaccine now? Back on the mandated list of vaccines, happily. 
Um, it's not causing any of the side effects or any of the breakthrough infections it was causing in the previous um, version. That again took longer, four to five years to come through. But the new the new version took a few months for them to correct what was wrong with it, and they were able to actually get that into the list of accepted vaccines and in mandated vaccine lists around the world. And people don't even know about that. If I ask a regular man in the street if they know about the rotavirus vaccine and whether it was you know whether it was seen to be a good option or not for a child, and if they know it's mandated. Um, in the childhood I mean, immunizations, they'll say no. But everybody has an opinion about the COVID-19 vaccine just purely because of the pandemic of misinformation that we're in right now. And that is one of the biggest problems that we have with this pandemic is that this pandemic will not end anytime soon because of the, the equivalent or the surpassing pandemic of misinformation that we're currently living with right now. Um, and while that is going on, it's going to defeat a lot of the educational campaigns to try to change people, um, people's minds and people's state status from going from, you know, he, hemming and hoeing to actually understanding, well, you need your booster. If you're boosted, you're 85% less likely to get COVID-19 infection. If you are counting on a vaccine that you got back in August of last year, which is more than seven months, eight months ago, you're not going to get the protection against the COVID-19 um, variants that are in circulation right now. And that's just a basic scientific statement that anybody should be able to understand. But yet, as you say, people just don't understand that and will refuse to acknowledge that. The, the, the immunity lasts four to six months in a normal, healthy individual. If you're over 60, it lasts less, lasts less than three months, about three months or less. If you're immunocompromised, sometimes two to three months. If you are pregnant or obese or have any of those issues, again, two to three months, you must get your booster. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to recover from infection as easily as somebody who is vaccinated. And that is the reality. And people, you know, whether you whether or not you're five years old, you're seven years old, you're 12 years old, 60 years old, the same thing will apply to you. How much are we, how much are we actually um, adapting our regimen in terms of boosters because i know the cdc recently had indicated i read it somewhere um that over 50 once you're over 50 they're saying that you need a fourth booster yeah uh, well i mean a fourth shot um which would be a second booster after four months correct and that was a recommendation i believe that the cdc made but you don't um and i know trinan tobago has made it a point of if it doesn't come from the WHO, we ain't doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it dramatically. Um, it's so how far are we from um, constantly looking at the science and being agile enough to follow the science? And are you satisfied that we are agile enough? Um, no, um, I, I don't believe. Of course, I'm a scientist, so I come from the scientist view not from the administrative and the government view of things. Um, so I never feel that we we, we uh, react fast enough um, to the science. I will say, though, that um, I was happy um, when we finally got the vaccines and um, they embraced the the purchase of the vaccines in locally in the government. I, I thought they did a fantastic job um, of getting supplies to us any time that they could. I mean, they were restricted a lot in the beginning and everybody understands that because of the supply um, and demand situation that was happening. And of course the monetary um, situation as well. And they ended up getting donated, they ended up purchasing and, and we were able to meet our needs. But you know, something so basic as throwing away 250,000 Pfizer vaccines. You know, we had to dump 250,000 Pfizer vaccines that expired. Um, that to me hurts my heart in a way that nobody will be able to understand because I know that the blood, sweat and tears, the scientific you know, effort went into developing those vaccines and getting it in circulation and getting it delivered in places like Trinidad and Tobago. Um, the logistics of having something that had to be at a minus 20. And, you know, that, that was, was that seems so insurmountable, I can't say the word. Insurmountable. Yeah. Right. Um, just mere months before was done. And and 
it it I I really think that they did a really good job and I and I say yes kudos to them but and I understand the need to follow the WHO directive um, but I I do believe that we need to be a little flex when it comes to our population and they need to understand when it is we have an endemic uh, sorry, an epidemic locally, they need to react a little faster. And I think they would have been able to save a lot more lives um, from the Omicron and from the Delta surges if they were if they were getting to the point of allowing the boosters earlier um, and um, embracing the fact that we have to move to four boost boosters um, faster, especially in that over 50, over 60 um, immunocompromised yeah. population. Because I think I'm, because I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking... Helped. I'm just thinking the, the first adopters, I'm calling them first adopters of vaccination, um, who would have started it, who would have been the first out of the gate to get vaccin- vaccinated, right. and who would have been first out of the gate to get boosted, right? correspondingly, are now probably at the point of their second booster shot. Yeah. They're probably oh, te- teetering at that point, but we haven't heard no, anything from the ministry of... Yeah, um, for example, Israel has over 60, 65 or 70-something percent of the population already had a, four, a second booster. So I've had four shots. Right, but and you're not hearing anything about a second booster in a Trinidad and Tobago context, or am I missing it? Are they talking about it at all? I don't think anybody talking about vaccination at all in Trinidad and Tobago. First, second, third, or fourth. Mm. There's, there's, there seems to be, um, as you say, and as you all have said, a throwing hands up in the air attitude um, locally. Uh, in my opinion, um, where they are now saying it's up to the people and um, don't they don't have anything else to say. To do and let's move on. Yeah, I think that um, I'm seeing, I'm hearing a lot of that, especially from the medical professionals. A lot of doctors will tell you, you know, I don't care about COVID anymore. Um, and, you know, the, those are the ones that are in the, in the heart of things um, because they have done what they can. And I think a lot of people don't realize that when you've been in it and been in the trenches for months and months and months, and you are seeing the same people coming back in through the system, I guess it's the same thing with all NCDs, huh? because people who have lived, who need kidney, kidney transplants or people who want dialysis, um, they, those are the people who have who have um, uh, third and fourth um, stage cancer, people who have cardiovascular risk those are the ones that come back through the system over and over. And the doctors will say the same thing, that treat them. You know, these people are not taking it seriously. Change your lifestyle. Eat they're better. Not, take your meds. Yeah. And they're not doing it. And they're not doing it. And they are the ones that, are unfortunately, were dying from COVID a lot of these times. And I think a lot of doctors have gotten to the point, and the medical professionals have gotten to the point where they wash their hands, just as they do with their normal cases of NCDs that they see every single week and that they will eventually have I saw a report on both CNN and MSNBC about a week and a half ago that confirmed that the latest studies show that the biggest predisposing factor for COVID-19 deaths globally and critical illness was obesity. Yep. It's a serious thing. And remember that that study that showed the other day that we have the fourth most obese uh, per capita nation in the world. We are the fourth most obese because we don't go by... Trinidadians feel a a voluptuous body or a big belly if you're a man is okay because that's how we live. And, um, you know, they they call those curves, even though it might be put you in the 40 percentile for body fat or whatever it is, they call that, you know, uh, thick, right? And and they say, you know, wow, you know, that person looking good and they feel that they're looking good. Um, without realizing that their health is so compromised, especially all those people with the large, giant abdomen, pot bellies, as we call them. Um, that is a definite measure of um, increased risk of death of heart disease um, via um, all the coronary artery disease and all the different cardiovascular disorders that are associated with, well, we're with that large we're back. Good morning, Steve. Can we back to eating three, four doubles a week? So, morning, Steve, can. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah. It's healthy. Will you be will you be willing to take some calls, Dr. Ramlajan? Sure, sure. Because we can open up our lines at this point for our... about 10 minutes, right? So Yeah. Yeah. So it's good time to, to open up the lines um for for people who are watching and listening. Um to sure. take some calls um, because I'm sure you would have questions that me maybe missed. Um, now I so... will I will put a plug for genetics diagnostics and say that we have a lot of genetic testing for health and wellness, huh? 
So we look at cardiovascular disease, we look at your risk for diabetes, we look at your risk for um, cancer, even though you have no symptoms of it, if you've had a family member who's passed away from any of those, um, you know, and you want to know what your risk are, we have a slew of different types of genetic tests that we do um, specifically for NCDs and health and wellness. That's right to know. You've earned the right to make that plug. Of course. <laughs> She's like a co-host. No, but it's important, huh? Because we, we got a lot of people who who do cancer testing by us who for diagnostic purposes, for example. And they're like, okay, doc, what now? Or do cardiovascular um, disease testing and they show increased risk. And they're like, what what now? And then I started realizing, look, we need to do something specifically for our demographic. So it's a test that I designed specifically for our demographic, our ethnicities, our um, you know, our average risk rate. And it looks at um, vitamin deficiencies, nutritional deficiencies, lactose intolerance, gluten sensitivity, how you should work out, whether or not you should have most pro mostly protein in your diet versus complex carbs. Because a lot of people on this paleo diet thinking that they can live on protein alone. And as soon as they see a carb, it gets grabbed up by their body that thinks it's starving and gets deposited as fat. And, you know, they're never able to actually reg regulate their diet properly because of that. And those are the things that we, we have been able to arm people with. So you get a whole big, That's almost like a Bible. That's it. Yeah, it's it's starving, starving. Uh, it, it, it is. I'm coming for you in 2020. Makes sense now. Yeah. Let's open up our lines. Let me well, save Steve Can. Let's open up our lines to the to talk. North Americans, of course, you can also weigh in on the conversation by calling us toll free at 866. 525 1099 mm -hmm. and of course you can also send some of your messages if you're on the All web right. on the app. so let me dave has a question for you uh my 12 year old daughter has been fully vaccinated since since september 21 is she still protected or does she need a booster well they're saying that they they need boosters now um they've actually um okay the boosters for that group uh, 12 to 17 for a few months now in the, in the, um, the CDC has okayed it and they're actually trying to get approval for the 5 to 11 year old um, group now for boosters. So pretty much everybody is going to need boosters. So um, I, I guess this answers Morgan's question because he's asking, are we available to get a, a fourth booster shot in TNT as yet? I mm. think it's a, a trial and error situation in, in Toronto and Tobago because so, I've known people who've gotten it. I've known people who haven't. So I think it's it's if you could convince um, your doctor to give you a letter that says that you need it because you're immunocompromised or um, you are in a in a state of um, being a high risk group, then yes, um, I think they would they would definitely give it to you. Um, if you just walk in and ask for it, maybe not. Um, well, you just go by your doctor and tell your doctor, listen, I want to get a fourth booster. Write me a letter. Well, you, I I don't condone that kind of activity. No, but people will um, do that. I usually can do any. Well, I mean, if you can get it, um, I don't have any 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 reason why to say that you can't get it um, right. if it is that you are able to. All right, lines are lit up. Good morning, caller. Good morning, people. Morning. Um, morning, Arima. I want to say that the Minister of Health keeps keeps asking people to get vaccinated, and up to yes. Today, in the Wednesday report, Dr. Richards actually begged people to continue to get vaccinated. So they are continuing to ask people to get vaccinated. Have a great day. All right. Good morning. Okay. Oh, missed that one. Good morning, caller. Hey, morning, morning. Morning. Morning, Mr. Morning. Patrick. Um, Doc, I want to find out something. This Omicron virus, what are the symptoms? Omicron is slightly different from um, Delta and previous variants in that it shows as um, a cold. So you get sore throats, um, aches and pains and, and fatigue and those kinds of things. But you don't get the loss of sense of smell or taste that you were getting with the previous variants. So it's a little right. bit different. It manifests a lot like allergies, actually, unfortunately. So you get a lot of mucus, a lot of um, mm. 
sore throat and it's a lot of people feel it's Sahara dust when it's really um and allergies when it's really Omicron. Um so so therefore what I have been seeing is a lot of people with Omicron and they say this cold. Well, I can't say because unless it tests, we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, because, um, that's what's happening a lot. Because I meet a lot of people, as a matter of fact, I went by a family the other day, they said this one had diarrhea, fever, headache, cold, pain. And they say it's cold. And I tell them that it's Omicron. And they even bush out and everything. And after two weeks, the thing is gone, but they leave them with a cough. Yeah. So that, that would be so, most likely. So, so they have. Well, this is what I'm saying, and this is one of the reasons why, uh, you know, we're saying that the numbers look a lot less, but it's because a lot of people aren't testing. Um, and because the, the they're able to manage it at home with normal remedies, um, you know, they don't see any need to test. But it's because, usually, um, I mean, but at the same time... No, but at yeah, I have time, another call there, Mr. Patrick. Right. Go ahead, go ahead a, final question. Remember, right now there's a, there is an increase in cold virus. This, this is a time where we have increases in cold viruses and so on as well, too. Huh? But so we, recently, I have a friend, I have a friend recently who, who have a baby, right? She does have a baby, and um, she says she went and she tells, and she tells she has COVID, but she finding out she asking where she getting COVID from. So I tell she, and you tell me your daughter has fever and headache and cold and everything. All right, Mr. Patrick, thank you. Good morning. Hi, pleasant. Good morning. Morning, pal. Uh, morning, gentlemen. I at least I do have a question for the doctor, but um, I just want to say I, I, I thank you all for this program. It's very informative. The doctor, the goodly doctor, she has given me, and, and I think she would have given a lot of people that sense of um, hope, you know, that there are people in the country still who have that knowledge and have, you know, we could depend on and, you know, I thank you very much for that great, great, um, the information that you have passed you know? Thank you. All right. Very so knowledgeable, it's very knowledgeable. It's always good it's to hear the feedback that, that, that the work you, that is being accepted. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So, to, to talk, we just have a couple of minutes with Dr. Nicole yeah, Ramalachan. I, 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 I just wanted to bring up the issue of long covid and symptoms, because I also read another article sometime last week where they took they took, looked at the data of brain shrinkage yeah. as a result of COVID. And, of course, they have also talked about erectile dysfunction and stuff like that, um, um, which I know panicked, Steve. But mm-hmm. um, the issue mm-hmm. of brain shrink- shrinkage and the data coming out, how real is that? And how, yeah, yeah. And, it's, it's, and, and well, we've known it for a while, huh? We've yeah. seen it symptomatically for a while, and now, the, of course, with more and more information coming out, even mental disorders, um, post-COVID-19 infection is on the rise, um, suicide is on the rise, drug abuse is on the rise, post the COVID-19 um, pandemic, not only just from infections, but just pr- from, from the change in lifestyle and all that stuff as well, too. So this, this, has, this is going to have an impact for years to come. Um, I read something um, yesterday, the, the increase in stroke and disease. This has been the highest year for mortality in the United States since they've started recording deaths, um, not only from COVID, but from the, the exactly what you're saying, the long-term COVID effects, the people who've had heart disease and other things after their COVID-19 infection that, that increased um, the rate of mortality. All of those things add to it. And we're seeing more and more as more data comes out, how impactful this after infection state is on the on the world population and it's very severe imagine your brain shrink after COVID-19 infection you're unable to walk properly your inflammation levels are so high <clears throat> diabetes in children have increased so drastically um in people that have had no risk you know no previous risk of diabetes and they're developing type 1 type 2 diabetes um post-COVID-19 infection so there's a lot of 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 um, interaction that virus has had in our body that we're now trying to elucidate. In addition to the stroke and heart disease and all that stuff which came out early, we're now seeing the, the brain and neurological disorders. We're now seeing the um, insulin-related and um, kidney and diabetes-related disorders and metabolic disease. And so they, it's going to be amazing to see 
um, all as this data comes out, how serious these these effects. And I mean, I can't, we can't really call it long COVID huh? because some of these people, it's not truly long COVID. So it's really a disservice to the people suffering from long COVID because they get no break. After their COVID-19 infection, all their symptoms just continue um, for months and months and now years. The people who are, who are getting these other kinds of um, post COVID-19 infection syndromes, so to speak, uh, are getting them because of what the, the, the COVID-19 infection has done to their body and have come and gone. So they're not getting that continual effect that the long COVID-19 people are getting. They're getting something completely different. So they are left with literally a body that's been destroyed, um, cells that have been destroyed, that they now have to rebuild and, and, and try to cure that chronic disease that is created by by the um, COVID-19 infection. So it's a, a very serious, serious situation that we're dealing with worldwide now. Excellent. Well, Dr. Nicole Ramlachan, a.k.a. for me, Nikki, thank you so much for being on the well, show um, once again. I'm going to call you. I'm going to nickname your co-host. <laughs> no problem. Once you don't call me the COVID doctor, because I don't like that. Okay, COVID doctor. <laughs> No. All right. You don't so like, how was your Easter? I should ask you. I saw it looked very nice and relaxing. Fantastic. We actually got some relaxing days in. Uh, now, of course, back to the grind. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, at least my daughter and, and everybody else who's in school, um, you know, no, no change ready for me. I've been, I've been at it all along, but I actually got to have some restful days, which were very, very well appreciated by my body and my brain. But, um, you know, if, if the fight continues, I, I mean, I, I don't want people to let down their guard. Uh, I think it's important for them to realize that we're still in this thing. Um, do what you have to do to protect yourself and your family. And get boosted. Exactly. All but of those who are resistant to getting boosted. Yeah. Please, get please, boosted. please, don't let us throw away any more of our hard earned vaccines and of our vaccines that we've worked for. If I see any more dumped, I don't know. I think I will, you'll see me on the streets crying and tearing my clothes because I, I feel so strongly that people need to take up these options that have been given by the government to Trans Tobago and get vaccinated. Please, please, please get boosted. Get your family vaccinated. Get your children when you can um, vaccinated. And, and let's use these tools that are given to you by scientists and by people who've dedicated their lives pretty much for the last two and a half years and before when they were developing these tools in the early days, because you know this, 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 these things didn't just appear, right? You know, mm -hmm. I keep on telling everybody that we've been using this for ten to fifteen years. Molecular analyses, molecular diagnostics, genetic testing—all of these things have been there to use as tools. So use them, get vaccinated, and let's end this thing this as soon as we can. So, what do you for your daughter? I think she's like seven now, right? Mm -hmm. What do you put in her bag? Because she's going to school, so what? How do you protect her? Well, she's not she's not in prison yet. So, so she's in she she hasn't gone yet. She's going to go on Friday for the first time. But the usual. Oh, tomorrow is Friday. Up. So, what are you going to pack? Tomorrow, yeah, oh gosh, I thought Friday was so long ago. Panicking. <laughs> um, you know, you know the school center list, right? So sanitizer, um, tissue, obviously, because you know you want them to be able to wipe their own um, face and their own hands and stuff with their own tissue and not go, try to go and source it some elsewhere. Um, water, copious amounts of water so that they don't have to like drink from joint sources if they, they have to because that's one of the things if they're drinking from the water cooler and stuff, you don't want that. Um, you want to make sure they have copious amounts of water to be able to clear them for the day. A lot of mothers have been complaining about the fact that their um, children ate out all the food they sent in their first break and by the time they reach the lunch, they have no food left. So I would say pack extra food because remember they are accustomed eating seven and eight times a day um, because they're at home. So pack, pack even more food that you think they need because you don't want them wandering around looking for food and hungry and asking other children to share food. And you know you know how children get into, into things. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, um, we pack extra pencils and, and, um, and stationery and stuff in case they need to give somebody something. They can actually hand it to them and tell them, look, take that and don't give it back to me kind of thing. So, um, and of course, masks, right? You have to pack an extra mask. Um, my daughter is very, very used to KN95, KN94. Um, that's what she's been wearing since he started the pandemic. So she doesn't have any issues. She doesn't have any problems wearing it for long periods of time. Um, so for those people who are concerned about um, inability to breathe and oxygen levels being decreased, it doesn't really happen. 
um, you know, they, 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 of course, have to get used to it. Um, and proper fitted masks, right? Um, try to stay away from the cloth mask alone. If you have to wear a cloth mask, try to put a surgical mask with it, um, uh, at least so that you can wash the outer, you know, keep the surgical mask on there, you know, and wash or, or vice versa so that you could actually reuse one of them and wash them when they come home, but it's not, that's not their own only um, source of protection. So uh, try to get a surgical mask and K94, 95. Um, we have some at Genex Diagnostics as well. Some, uh, there are quite a few distributors around the country that have them for kids. And make sure it's not the adult surgical mask that you've seen hanging down on the chin, because as useless, you might as well take it off. Yeah. Funny um, enough, I, I had put, when, when we did laundry on the weekend, a surgical mask got into the laundry and it was washed and it came out and it, it, it was, nothing was wrong with it. So I was asking, I was thinking to myself, can we wash surgical masks and rewear it? People, I know a lot of people who wash them. And you can but rewear I'm it? Not, I'm not condoning that, but okay. I know a lot of people who, who wash. I mean, you don't know, right? You're going to have to do a study to find out whether or not it, yeah. the, the, um, it's compromised or not. But I know a lot of people who wash um, all their masks. Um, even the N94 and N95, they put out in the sun. Um, to get direct sunlight for three, three to four hours and um, reuse them. I know people who do that. Um, so, I mean, there are different different things you can do if you feel comfortable doing. But the most important thing, of course, is to have the protection when you are most exposed. So when you're in a place where there's an enclosed area, where there's AC, if you're in your office with a, in a meeting with a large number of people, if your child is in the classroom with a large number of people, that's when they need the proper masking. Um, because that is really the only thing that, that is shown to actually reduce transmission effectively right um and they have to learn how to cough and sneeze in their mask eh? because they can't pull on their mask and cough and sneeze on the child next to them you have to teach them those kinds of things they have to actually cough and sneeze with their mask on um that's just, that is something as well so you, you need to send an extra mask in case they, they, they soil it or they lose it or something i've seen people putting straps on them so that they can pull them on and off um you know as they without losing them because mm -hmm. a lot of times that's the case or they put the use the straps on their hand and they use it as a bracelet. Um, but try to get the adjustable ones. I mean, I know it's an expense. Um, I, I mean, you can you reuse them if you feel comfortable. Uh, but try to get something that you can wash every day. If it's a if it's a cloth mask, you have to make sure that you're wearing two or wear one something on the outside as a surgical mask or something like that that you can eliminate and then wash your your cloth mask. And and if it's a cloth mask, make sure it has the um, the three layer, at least three layers. Um, one see-through mesh mask is going to do nothing. Hmm, there so you go. Use it, use it as an actual barrier. Don't use it just because the school tell you you have to wear it, um, if you understand what I mean. I, I keep on telling people that, you know, that is really the safest because most of the kids are not vaccinated. My child is vaccinated, luckily. Um, we, we had the resources to go to go and get her vaccinated. Um, I'm in the industry. I'm testing. The risk is too high for her and my family. So we had everybody um, vaccinated as soon as they were able to. Um, and that is really the main um, way to move forward. Get vaccinated, get boosted, and wear a mask. And of course, don't go and jam up anybody and hug up people you, you didn't see for two years um, just because you didn't see them for two years and stuff. You still have to do yeah. the isolation. Um, um, you and know again, all those people, as Mr. <clears throat> Patrick says, all those people with Sahara dust and, or the coal, um, try to avoid them if you can. You know, I, I, it was a friend of mine last week. He was telling me, um, I didn't see him in such a long time, that his parents are old. They're in their 80s. And they so they're very precautious on people coming to the house and so on. Right. And he just ventured to the grocery. This one time since pandemic, he contracted um, COVID, gave it to his mm. wife, and she passed. Oh, gosh. That one time. She passed. She passed, yeah. He survived. Oh. She got it and and she passed in the eighties. So that sad. one time that he went out. Listen, I hear And they were very strict on, on visitors and so on, eh? One, for of my, one of my best friends in, in Canada is immunocompromised. So she never went anywhere. She and her husband. She banned her mother and her mother's husband from coming over. So they had they were living with their um, her brother. And her mother woke up one day and decided she wanted an avocado. And they went to the grocery to get avocado. She and her boyfriend. And her boyfriend and the mother contracted COVID in that trip. And the boyfriend died. And the mother was in the hospital for almost six months. Wow. One trip yeah. to, the, to, the, to the That to goes the, uh, to show. 
all for avocado. And my friend was saying, you know, how irresponsible. And if they were living by her, she would have probably been the one to die as well. So yeah. she she was saying that, that it's it's you think it's nothing, but when you go to places like the, the grocery and you go to places like the hospital and you go to school, you have to do your precautions. You have to assume that everybody that you meet is infected. I always tell everybody that. Assume that the enemy is at your doorstep and pick up your weapons to defend yourself and your family. It's, we're still in it. I still know people who die and I know somebody who died just, I mean, look, blacks just passed away uh, mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. People are still dying from this thing. You can't say that people are not dying and it's over and we don't care. And you can't, you can't get to that level of complacency yet. Mm -hmm. We will get there, but pick up the weapons that are given to you by the government of Trantabago and the scientists who have developed this and do what you have to do. If it is they say wear masks, wear masks. If it is they say um, socially isolate, socially isolate. It's not going to kill you for a few more months, right? Um, and get boosted and get vaccinated. I can't stress that enough. Well, speaking of stress, I think you need a stress reliever. So, Richard, take it away. What's happening on Mother's Day weekend? Where's Nicole going to oh, go? On Mother's Day weekend, um, right. it continues with Ooh, ladies' lovely. room at Cipriani College in Valsane. Oh, in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. so, so on the 7th and 8th of May, that Mother's Day weekend, we will be finally in Cipriani College, coming from Napa and Naparima Bowl. We're now heading to East, which will be Cipriani College, on Mother's Day weekend. And of course, tickets go on sale from Monday coming um, at our usual outlets. But of course, I will remind you all on Monday, and the ads should be out over the weekend. There you go. Excellent. So Nicole, you know what I you're doing for Mother's it. Day? Thank you. <laughs> All right. I expected my tickets. I expected my, my, at least one free ticket, right, Richard? Okay, for sure. You, you know, you all have a love. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love, I love your shoes. I love your shoes. I, I actually am a long, long-standing fan. Yeah, I know. All that. right, great. All right, Nicole, Good. Dr. Nicole Ramlacher, let me say your proper name. Thank you so much for being on the Power well, Breakfast Show this morning. All the best to you. And don't worry, your daughter will be fine in school tomorrow. No need to go get nervous. Well, you know, the nervousness is always there. I mean, I've done what I can, right? So yeah, at this yeah, point, yeah. there's nothing else I can do. Nothing else you can do, but just drive them there and pick them up. Tell her all the best. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's definitely. And she is very excited, I will say. I mean, this, it's been two years. So this is the first time she's going to school? Physical no, no, school. she was in, in reception for uh, September to March. So she got two, two terms of reception before she went home, but... So many others. This is the first time they're going to school. She's in big school now. She's in middle school. Mm -hmm. She's in one. So she's uh, she's up there now. So now she's very excited to see all the little ones. Is she going to our but, primary uh, school? They, she, yeah, they're, they're phasing. I'm in, in her school, though. No, so is she going phasing, to our yeah. primary school? I mean, no, 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 no. She's not. She's not. Yeah. No, she's Cura not. We all went um, Cura Press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's not. She's elsewhere. But um, they're, they're, they're trying to do the safe thing and face them in. And, and I agree with that. Um, you know, we don't want to to have 100,000 cases, you know, in a first few months just because mm -hmm. of, of, of the, the, the rushing in. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with the face and approach and you're taking your time. But I need to, you know, they need to get back. They need to, to get back into the normalcy of education and and not having mommy and daddy there to ask all the questions. And it's going to be interesting to see how those grades reflect huh? with the uh, with people actually in front of the teacher. Mm -hmm. For the first time in two years, I was laughing at one of the teachers in, in our school. And I was like, we're actually going to see their, their real performance now. <laughs> true, eh? True. Yeah, because okay. so many mommies and daddies have been graduating from from um, from kindergarten and started one and started two and started three over the last two years. Mm -hmm. Not really, not really their children. So, but I'm I'm happy to see it. I mean, I, it had to happen. You know, nobody's saying not to do it, but you know, we we need to get those vaccines in hands for them, um, for this age group as well too. I really feel feel strongly the government needs to move a little faster on that. Yeah, yeah. Nikki, thank you so much again for being on the show. Well, All the best to you. And hopefully, I haven't seen you in such a long time physically. Hope you have a good one. Hope to see you soon. You too. All right. All the best to you. Bye-bye, right. everybody. Take yeah. care. Have you again all soon. Right. Send a love there, Richie. Send a love. Yeah, so that was Dr. Ramlachan. Of course, um, I'm not a stranger at all to the Power Breakfast Show. Mm -hmm. Giving you a lot of information, and I know a lot of you out there who are fully vaccinated and are due for boosters and Recording are resistant stopped. to getting boosted this entire conversation over the last two hours 
should be reason enough, enough for you to revisit exactly. that stance. You know? Because obviously, um, getting boosted is super important. Go out and get your booster shots. Yeah, I mean, it's I, been over. Look, Barbados just extended their their state is their state of emergency, um, because of the BA two virus of the BA two variant of the mm-hmm, Omicron. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's still around. People are still still dying. Our death rates are not at zero consistently yet. Yeah, we just had and that one day last week. You know, I was I was with some friends the other day. A friend and his girlfriend, and we we were at a bar, and we, I wasn't really having dinner. I was just there, you know, hanging with them, and and drinking. And they asked and me, they asked, well, it was a restaurant actually, a restaurant bar, and, and they asked me, you know, why did I get boosted? And I simply said because I follow the science. Yeah, I said, who else am I to follow? And if the science, and I said, what you have to remember is that the science continuously evolves with regard to this virus and and it's either you trust the scientists um who are the specialty that deals with this kind of problem this particular type of war the people who are at the front line are the scientists in terms of giving us the weapons as as nikki so rightly said to defend ourselves and I said, so I said, if they say you need eight boosters, it's eight boosters I'm getting. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, that, I, I've, I've listened to they, a few people. They're the ones, I'm going to, they're the ones that I, I'm going to have to follow in terms of the advice. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's a few people that said, you know, I don't want to get boosted. Um, the last time I got boosted, I got so ill. My hand was hurting me for a week. And I'm saying, what? And if you get COVID, what's going to happen to you? The hand wouldn't hurt them and they wouldn't get sick. Exactly. Same thing I said. I said, listen, it's a little sacrifice. It's just your body, as Nikki had said, your body reacts to it. But that's a good thing. So go yeah. and, and get I, boosted. And I, understand, and I understand the fatigue. I understand yeah, people being I understand. absolutely yeah. fed up of it because I'm fed up of it. I am too. I am fed up. I mean, I have started, you know, um, at points going out. If I feel like going out for a drink, I'm going out for a drink. But I am still boosted and I'm mm-hmm. still, you know, cautious you know about where i'm going and i remove my mask at that point where you you know having a drink or if you're going to have a dinner or whatever exactly but but the reality is we are all fed up we are all fed up across the one person is not fed up this of of covid we are all fed up of it yeah but it's the danger is still there and and protect yourself get boosted get boosted protect yourself as well guys a quick break be right back Die, 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 do, 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 Did somebody say Pricks? Eat it with cheese and guava, sausage and jam, or eggs and ham, peanut butter and lamb. That's a Cricks mix, bring whatever you can. Once you have Cricks, it's instant sweet hand. Tomato, joker, saltfish, whatever. Anything you like, Cricks makes it taste better. Whatever you choose, whatever you try, must go with Cricks, the vital supplies. Cricks, the vital supplies. Try our new Cricks crispy, lightly salted, crispy crackers today. Escape the city and conduct your meetings and business activities at the Cascadia. Our modern conference rooms are the ideal space to facilitate innovative and productive meetings. Corporate packages include spacious conference rooms, Wi-Fi, food and drinks, and meeting equipment. The way we conduct business is changing, and we at Cascadia understand your changing business needs. Contact us to discuss your package, 623-3518 or 798-5730, or email marketing at cascadiahotel.com. My uncle is so sweet. He gives me nice toys and yummy stuff to eat. My cousin is my best friend. We always talk online, especially online. But then he said, don't tell mommy about our special time. She showed me her body and asked to see mine. My tummy hurts. I can't sleep. What What did did I I do? do? Stop Stop hurting me. Please. Sexual relationships with children are not okay. Speak out. Report child abuse to police at 999 or Children's Authority at 996. A message from the Children's Authority in support of the Spotlight Initiative. Power 102 Digital. Digital. Streaming 24-7 on power102fm.com and on the Power 102 Digital app. 
Power 102 Digital. Every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.